Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for Palm Sunday, 2021. We're reminded this day that there was a great celebration when you entered into Jerusalem. As people said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Their hearts were in great celebration. They were ecstatic at the fact that your kingdom would be established, that the Messiah was coming to restore all things and to set all things in the order of peace, joy, and righteousness. So, Father, let us understand what was being celebrated 2,000 years ago when you entered into Jerusalem and were finally recognized as the king of glory, the one who would come to rule his people. And I pray, Father God, that we would have understanding that still 2,000 years later, Jesus is still what the world needs. And without us, your people, without the church, without preachers, without believers, without faithful servants, The world would never know Jesus. Thank you for those who introduced Jesus to our lives and gave us a new start and a new beginning. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fall upon us today and allow us to consider and to contemplate how powerful and significant Jesus is in bringing salvation to our lives. I pray that your word would not return void. I pray that your word would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would give forth good fruit, a harvest that glorifies your name. Lord, that we continue to pursue Christ as the center of it all. That as we pursue Christ, our life which is hidden in Christ might be revealed. The purpose for which we were created shall come to pass upon the earth And that our short time upon the earth, Lord, you say our life here is but a vapor, but a mist. Soon we will be back home where we belong. Father, that we might be the instruments of God to bring multitudes to the feet of Jesus. That our pursuit and highest call would be to know him and that for which he saved us. I pray that you reveal these things through your word this morning. I pray that your word would be a double-edged sword and that would pierce the hearts of men to come out of religion into reality. Allow us to serve you with excellence. Allow our children to know God by our devotion at home, in private, where no one sees. Father God, forgive us our sins and wash us with the blood of Jesus. Allow us to know you. Allow us to fill the earth with your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Last week we talked about the total uproar and chaos of all things consistent with Matthew 24, 6. We talked about the last days being a time for prayer and fervent love and vigilance because we will be stirred up with all manner of wars rumors of wars, and here what we were told was be of good cheer 
See to it that you're not troubled. The fact that everything is shaken and stirred in the last days, we're in our element and we're more than in our element. We are the catalyst for life upon the earth in Jesus. No one else is connected to the vine. We are the branches. We're the one that carry the life of God and we are the hope of glory because Christ is in us. We can offer, and I'm telling you, I'm preaching, I'm, I'm preaching the gospel more in this 2020, 2021 season of COVID more than any time in my entire life because the urgency of the need of Christ is in every direction. There's not a place where I go in my car that I do not have an opportunity to bring Jesus up as the, the forefront of the subject matter in my conversation. This is wherever I go, the answer is Jesus to whomever I meet with. Because I see that nowadays people are full of so much trouble. And Jesus is practically is what, what we're hearing today that Jesus is the antidote for trouble. And we, we said that. We're going to continue to read this. It says, see that you're not troubled in the midst of the stirred pot. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse 7. For nation will rise against nation. The word ethnos, ethnicities. Uh, some pastors said generations. The older group... Uh, against the younger group. There's, there's a whole backlash of the way it used to be done, the way it's done now. And so there's competing forces, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All, all manner of needs and pandemics breaking out. John 16, we heard Jesus says, I've spoken about these things so that you might have peace. How do you go from a crazy, upside down, insane world and be able to have peace? In this world, you're going to have trouble. There's going to be things stirred, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So when everything is shaken and stirred, those in Christ are going to have peace. They will have prosperity in the midst of chaos and anarchy. And so that's what was taking place there on Palm Sunday many years ago. It's the first day of Holy Week. On Palm Sunday, we remember and celebrate the day that Jesus entered into Jerusalem, recognized for the first time since he was born. So nobody would recognize him. You would figure that his own family would say, hey, this is the answer to the world's problem. But when you read John chapter 7... The Bible says his own brothers did not believe. 
So if those within your own home do not, look what it says in verse 3. John chapter 7, verse 3, his brothers therefore said to him, depart and go from here into Judea that your followers might see the works that you do, that you're doing. Verse 4, for no one does anything in secret while he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, if you are the answer to the world's problems, if you are salvation, show yourself to the world. Or were, they, were they for him or against him? Verse 5 says, for his own brothers, even, even his own brothers did not believe in him. Listen, I, I don't have a hard problem understanding people don't believe what we're doing here at Spring of Life. Jesus himself, his family, closest to him, ones that knew him, they weren't on his team. They didn't believe. So things being stirred Things in anarchy, finally the day came when he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Why a donkey? Because it had been prophetically announced. He rides into town on a donkey. They begin to gather large palm branches. They begin to take off their cloaks and lay it before him and shout the top of their voice, Hosanna! To the son of David, the lineage of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, the highest proclamation. There is no other greater shout. Some people shout for the heat. Some people shout for the, for the dolphins. Some people shout for Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the highest of shouts in your life has to go to Jesus. He, he is the downpour of God in your life for all things connected with God. In the highest, these Bible verses about Palm Sunday prophesy the actual event. The Bible says in John chapter 12, verse 12, the next day a great crowd had come. They were in Jerusalem celebrating a feast of Passover. They were celebrating what God ordained for them to celebrate. The blood of the lamb that covered the doorpost that kept the death angel from coming in and destroying the home. And now the embodiment of this lamb, Jesus, is riding into Jerusalem. Verse 13, John 12, 13. They took branches from palm trees and went out to meet him at the opening of the city crying out at the loud voice, Hosanna! That explanation is here comes salvation. Salvation is coming. Salvation is present. God's hand is going to intervene in the affairs of man. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the king of Israel. We're going to have somebody to take over this mess, this oppression, this injustice. This thing's twisted and chaotic where there is no peace because Jesus is not on the throne. Verse 14, Jesus found on a young donkey, sat on it, and it is written in Zechariah 9.9. 9. 
What is written? Well, let's go to Zechariah 9.9. It says, he shall come riding on a colt. A young donkey will be his transportation. It's just an immensity of things here. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is faithfully just, having salvation. Look what he brings. He's able to intervene and bring the answer to all issues. He will come humbly, riding on a donkey, a colt, the foil of a donkey, the baby donkey. Usually a king would ride a horse, become majestic, become powerful, showing strength. Here Jesus comes on a donkey because he wants to come into your life in humility. And so they were shouting praise and shouting, here comes the king. And here comes the fulfillment that is, as it is written, daughter of Zion, celebrate, do not be afraid. Do not recoil and retract. Verse 16, at first his disciples did not understand all this. We're reading John chapter 12, verse 16. His disciples did not understand this. Only after Jesus was glorified, they realized that these things had been written about him, that these things had to be done to him. Really powerful Palm Sunday. Matthew 21, 10. Jesus entered Jerusalem. Through Matthew's viewpoint, he writes, when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, the entire city was moved saying this everybody was asking who is this 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 guy that everybody's celebrating why is that why is there a big fanfare why is there an outburst why is there joy on the streets why are they welcoming what has been prophesied for so long it's just so weary that so many people have heard that jesus saves and they still have not participated in his salvation they know the name Jesus means Savior, and they still don't know how to fix their life, Jesus being absent. I had a Jewish friend, a client, and I was marveled because he was Jewish and he loved Jesus, his Messiah. And I was a young Christian, and I, was, I, I asked him, I said, listen, I don't understand how you being Jewish celebrate Jesus and call him your savior. What, how did that happen? You're Jewish. A lot of Jewish people have decided that Jesus is not going to be their savior. And there's no salvation in any other name, the Bible says. He's the provision of God to save the world. And I asked him, I said, how, how does that work in your life? And he gave me this most incredible answer. He says, Joaquin, in my life, I was drowning in all manner of trouble and I needed a savior and Jesus is a savior so I came to Jesus I was I, I was like it was so simple it blew me away I was looking for something deep and theological but he made it so simple I needed a savior and I came to Jesus and he saved me he's my savior and I said he's mine too he saved me also Everyone needs a Savior, and Jesus is not a Savior, but the Savior. People still need Jesus. And, and they need Jesus in an authentic and genuine manner. And 
That's what the celebration is on Palm Sunday. All manner of Christian churches today are going to be giving out palm leaves that are blessed throughout the year. I understand that they burn it and they'll use it next year for Ash Wednesday. They'll use the ashes to celebrate Ash Wednesday. But Palm Sunday is way more than just palm branches. It's about the Savior coming into the world. And they gathered to celebrate and shout. Matthew 21.10 says, as the, the whole city was in an uproar. This happens whenever we get good news from Cuba. They go to the carreta and they celebrate with pots and pans. Imagine the whole city celebrate an accomplishment. When Fidel Castro died, that's what happened in Miami. Imagine the whole city in an uproar and people asking, who is this? Verse 11 explains what they were celebrating on Palm Sunday. The multitude said, this is Jesus. What we're celebrating, the uproar, the, the huge revival, better than any Super Bowl or World Series, better than any stock market um, exchange, salvation walked into the streets of Jerusalem recognized as the prophet that came from Nazareth of Galilee like the Bible had written many years before. This is the messenger of God. This is the answer. And some people refuse to come to Jesus that they might be saved. And we are trying to Offer Jesus as a supplement to people's life. If you, know, if you come to Jesus, you'll feel good. No, my friend, some people already feel good uh, doing things that God hates. So you, you're not preaching Jesus because it makes you feel good. Because some people says, I don't feel bad. See, Jesus is a lot more than just something that people add to their lives. In fact, Jesus says to the whole world, and this is a bold proclamation. It's found in John chapter 15. And he says these words in an emphatic manner in verse 5. I am the source of life. Plug into me because I am the vine. You are the branches. He who's connected to me and I am connected to him is able to bear much fruit. If you're sterile and barren and things drying and falling apart, it's because you're not connected not to money, not to fame, popularity, and some type of personal feelings of joy upon the earth, if you're falling apart, it's because you're not connected to the vine. And then Jesus declares, and this is my declaration for you today, without Jesus, you can do nothing. So, so everything you attempt to do is just going to dry and rot and fall off. I, I encourage you to do this with anything at your home. Today you get, go home and grab one of your plants and pull off one of the branches and just set it there on its own. And you'll see in a couple of days it will shrivel, dry, and die. It will cease to be able to bear fruit. 
Now, what Jesus says, if you're connected to me, you're going to flourish. And the invitation is, you still need Jesus. Everyone that you know, rich, poor, white, black, yellow, red, white, needs Jesus. And the manner in which we're able to introduce and, and connect people to the vine is nothing short of miraculous. It's amazing. I, I see Jesus has come in a manner to connect us with the peace, which means prosperity, the flourishing of, listen, will bear much fruit. My life has been fruitful through the roof. Uh, sometimes carrying so much fruit that they need to be pruned because the tree is like leaning over. There's so much fruit. So the Lord will prune. He says, he comes and prunes so you bear more fruit. It goes from glory to glory. It goes from greater expressions of God's goodness through the roof. Amazing. You can't even contain it all. What God has planned with you if you're connected to Jesus. And if you're not, man, you're trying to strut your stuff, but you're just a peacock. You're going nowhere. You're not going to be able to see the glory of God unless you connect to the vine. And that is our challenge because we're being distracted and distanced in every manner. We're being hit from every missile of hell in our direction. Every time we try to get close to Jesus, the devil is providing a way that deceives us. The, the, the consequence to be far from Jesus is no peace. Romans 3.17 says, the world has not known the way of peace. The way of peace they have not known. How do I prosper my marriage, pastor? Jesus how do I prosper my finances, Pastor? Jesus. How do I uh, get in a right relationship with my dad, with my sons? Jesus. Put on Jesus. Connect to Jesus. The way of peace, prosperity. They have not known. They have not connected. His provision is a salvation to our personal lives to our domestic lives, to our social lives, our friends in Jesus, to our economic finances, to our politics, peace in every direction. You say, well, how come? 1 Corinthians 14.33, because he's not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. 14.33. God is not the author of chaos and confusion, but of peace. He's the one that makes all things fall in their rightful place and things out of place. I've said this many times in this pulpit. If you suffer anxiety, depression, if you have mental illness, what you need is Jesus. Because he is the peace of God. He's the author of peace. The, the, the word peace in the Hebrew is shalom. And it comes from the root word shalak, which means prosperity. If you're not flourishing in fruitfulness, your life is chaotic. 
anarchy, confusion, distress, all manner of emotional roller coaster. But Jesus becomes the source of your peace. With him you can do all things, he says. Romans 5.1, it is announced, those of you that have personal unrest, domestic unrest, social unrest, economic unrest, political unrest, craziness on the land. Therefore, we have been justified by faith because we've connected to God through faith in Jesus. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what is the issue in your life, but if you don't have room for Jesus, you will have no peace. In fact, the world is so stirred right now that the way that the Satan will come on the scene and he's about to come, let me just tell you that right now. Satan is about to come on the scene in the middle of the tribulation, trouble, and unrest, and he will offer the nations peace through the false prophet, through the Antichrist. They will stand and they will announce that they are the source of this world's problems by bringing an answer. 1 Thessalonians 5.2 says, For you yourselves know perfectly. I wish we did know perfectly. You yourselves know perfectly. You're mature, so you understand these things. I'm talking to a mature church. You have to understand the times we're living in. We need Jesus now in every direction. Not theology. Not some... Jesus culture, we, we, we want to turn Jesus into what we think he should be instead of Lord and Savior. But Jesus here, he says, you know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Verse 3, while they are saying, when the world says peace and safety, everything is good, we got peace now. Sudden destruction shall come upon them as pains upon a pregnant woman. They shall not escape. This world, I was talking to a man a couple weeks ago, and he says, we need a charismatic leader. We need a leader that's not going to push people into Christ. He's going to be more diplomatic where all peoples are the same. The gays are right. The straights are right. The in-between transgender are right. Everything is okay. Nothing is sin. Everything is peaceful. And, and that type of peace is going to be offered. I said, you know who you're looking for to lead the world? He's going to come. He's called the Antichrist. Since you have no room for Jesus, you're going to accept the fake Jesus, which is the Antichrist and the false prophet. The Bible says before Jesus returns, when they finally say we have peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. They didn't make room for Jesus. They made room for the Antichrist. Verse 4. But you believers in Jesus that acknowledge God are not in darkness so that this day does not trick you as a thief. You're not going to fall for this trick of wanting somebody to bring peace in your life that's not Jesus. You're not in darkness so that this day should surprise you. 
Daniel 8, verse 23, the Old Testament talks about the Antichrist and what he has to offer. And it reads his biography and description is like this. Daniel 8, 23. At the latter days, when all the kingdoms of the earth have passed, in the latter time of these kingdoms, when the transgressions have reached their fullness. When, listen to me. We're there. We have arrived. Listen. When transgression has reached has reached its full, what we're seeing today in the lives of men and women upon the earth is the extent of full transgression. They have reached their fullness, these transgressors, the ones that trample God, have no place for Jesus in their life. And the king shall arise having fierce features. You, you describe that as you please. What are fierce features? Who understand sinister schemes the trickery of the schemes going on behind closed doors today are beyond our understanding how do these people take places of government they're so wicked even in local politics here in miami this is the most twisted people in the world are running this city they have no room for god in their thoughts they don't celebrate christ Verse 24, these people that are scheming in the last days, his power, talking about the Antichrist, shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and come against the people of God. Verse 25. Through his shrewdness and cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule. Instead of advancing righteousness, every twisted thing is prospered. And he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of peace. He will declare war on Christ, but he shall be broken without human means right when everything is established outside of christ he's confronted by the king of glory the bible tells us that in these days all manner of second corinthians eleven four says that if anyone comes offering you a different description of jesus you say what is that if he preaches another jesus what's another jesus a Jesus without obedience, a Jesus without church, a Jesus without the body of Christ. They'll invite you to a prayer service and you ask them, who is your pastor? They have none. They'll invite you to their Bible study and you say, where do you guys, who do you guys listen to? They have nobody they listen to. They pray unto themselves outside the body of Christ. They have no fellowship with pastors, they honor no one. I was talking to a man last, uh, like three weeks ago. I said, tell me one person that this supposed Bible scholar, these Bible studies, prayer services, tell them, tell me who they honor. They honor no one. They respect no one. They're a part of no local church. It's, it's bizarre. 
If anyone comes offering you a Jesus whom we have not preached. What is the Jesus we preached? Well, we preach about Jesus that requires obedience. Listen to me. The, the foundation of Jesus is deny self. If anyone deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. He's going to be saved. But these people don't have a cross in their life. They're not suffering for Christ. They're indulging in all manner of self-expression, doing whatever they want, however they want, with whomever they want. No accountability. That's not the Jesus that God offered us in the Bible. That leads to more confusion. The Jesus we were preached in the Bible, Hebrews 13.8. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't modernize. There's not a new rendition of a Jesus without a cross, without denying self, without obedience. The Bible says he became obedient to the point of death. We're living a, a generation of Christians, zero obedience. You ask them, who do you listen to? Nobody. And then you say, I was your pastor. Yeah, but I'm not listening to you because God spoke to me. Oh, okay. So then... Your Christianity is not my Christianity, and what I introduced to you was not the Jesus that's in the Bible. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians eleven four, 4, if someone comes and announces, uh, proclaims another expression of Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you've received a different spirit which we have not received, or a different gospel which we have not accepted, you do well in putting up with it. You could go on living with that Jesus, with that spirit, with that gospel that is not the biblical Jesus. It's not consistent with the government of God, with the peace of God, with the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus came to give us life, John 10, 10, and give it to us abundantly, but we are serving we are suffering more the, the Jesus, John 10, 10, that is more consistent with the devil's attitude of the one who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. In other words, our life is tattered and torn and shredded up, and we've walked in a manner that is not consistent with the abundant life in Christ. I want to say this morning in John chapter 6, verse 66, that there came a time where his own followers decided to abandon him. They decided not to follow him anymore. From that time, many of his followers, his disciples, the ones he was leading, they went back and walked with him no more. And you say, why didn't they walk with him anymore? Because he started telling them to eat his flesh and to drink his blood, to deny themselves to humble themselves, to obey, and that's not the direction they wanted. These same people that predicted that Jesus was the clean of glory on Palm Sunday were the same people seven days later that were crucifying him and asking the head leaders and rulers of the Jewish local government to crucify him. They said, well, I'll give you Barabbas because he's a thief and he deserves to die on the cross. They said, no, give us Barabbas. We want Jesus to die on the cross. Why? Because Jesus comes to proclaim Deny yourself. Stop doing what you're doing. Walk in obedience. Conform yourself to the character of Christ. John 8, 29. Those he predestined. Those he foreknew. 
those that he called. He did so in order that they, Romans 8.29, I'm sorry, Romans 8.29, those he foreknew, those he predestined, you he desired to conform to the image of his son. What's it mean? We need, people need Jesus still, and we are the Jesus people need. In other words, how are people following an example you're not giving? Okay, I'm going to your prayer service. I'm going to your Bible study. Now teach me how to be a part of the body of Christ. Teach me how to submit to a pastor. Teach me how to give them double honor. Teach your children from Sunday school how to be faithful to church. You're quoting scripture. You talk about the Lord. You're talking about a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different spirit. It's incredible. 2 Thessalonians 1.8 says that God is going to address these matters in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God. If you say, why do I need Jesus? Because God is about to unleash his wrath and vengeance upon those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, if nothing makes you move in the direction of Christ quickly, it's because there's a judgment coming upon the world. The Bible says they don't know that he's about to judge the living or the dead. Verse 9 tells us a little bit more of this description. These people will pay the punishment, the penalty with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. I, I think that the church has not done well letting people know the judgment that's coming upon the earth to those that are outside of Christ. And the provision has been made by God to deliver from Revelations 21.8, the day in which the coward, the unbeliever, and the abominable will be thrown into the lake of fire. All liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire. It seems to be that there's an incredulity. Uh, people think that this is not. Look at all the people that are doing wrong things. Is God going to throw them all into hell? The Bible says that the same people that make this argument don't realize that he already did it once in the days of Noah. He destroyed every single human inhabitant upon the earth. And he he. He preserved one family, family that was in grace, a family that ran into obedience, building the ark of salvation. So those are the ones, a remnant, a small group of those who are daring to believe that what God said he's going to do, he will do. So we continue to say, he washed us with his blood for the forgiveness of sin. He was able to bring us to a place not of judgment, but of mercy. He redeemed us from the consequences of our rebellion. He intercedes for us. He's praying for us all the time. He's our example. He will teach you how to address life to overcome. He gives you significance in life so that you live with purpose. What will it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? Men have a thousand pursuits, but they're not pursuing Christ. He's our daily strength. I love Philippians 4.13. In Christ, we can do all things through his strength. People need Jesus now more than ever. 
And in Jesus, all things are possible. Without him, we could do nothing. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4.16 that he also was forsaken by those that gathered with him. The time came in his life. And he says, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. Some people are deciding that denying self, walking in obedience, honoring the house of God, the people of God, the purpose of God, that they'll be able somehow to find life and they're going to miss it. This morning, I want to encourage you to celebrate his coming with great shouts of proclamation of Hosanna. I want you to be able to come into the fullness of his provision and not cut short and not compromise. I want to tell you that, that Jesus is the answer for everything going on in your life. Even, I want to say this, in your prosperity and victory, if Jesus is not the center of your life, you're going to fall apart. Father, I give you thanks for this word. I give you thanks that you have provided perfect salvation in your son, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We pray that we might know him as he is to be known. We pray that we not color code and flavor code Christianity to our liking where we're now outside the church, outside the fellowship of the brethren, outside obedience, outside of self-denial. We're indulging in all manner of pleasure and lust. We've made a license twisting the grace of God into a license to do everything because Jesus loves me. I pray that people would repent and come back to the authenticity, the genuineness of a simple and sincere devotion to Christ. That the devil not continue to deceive as he did Eve in the garden. In his shrewd and cunning ways, he's offering the people peace without obedience. Pleasure without purity. I pray that you come in with strong salvation and save the lost, Lord, and use us as an instrument in your hands. Make, make, make us vessels of honor, vessels of mercy for your glory, Lord. Allow us to lead people to Christ, to show them the way, not by our words, but by our actions, that our actions are consistent with meekness and humility, obedience and faithfulness. For it's in your name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Love you in the Lord. See you on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Bible study. Have a great Palm Sunday. And celebrate Jesus huge because the King of glory has come. God bless you.